to Radio TFS, episode number 39. Hi, this is Martin. This is Greg. And this is Paul. Hey guys, welcome back. So, we had the big release. How's things going? Have you had a chance to have a look at uh, TFS 11, Visual Studio 11, or maybe even Windows 8 since the uh, last time we spoke? Yeah, so I've had a chance to play with it a little bit. Of course, I was at the MVP Summit all last week and uh, got the goodness like right away when it came. So, uh, that was really nice. And... Um, immediately um, decided to boot the VHD, a Windows 8 beta, and then install Dev 11 bits onto the Windows 8 beta. And running with an SSD, it's just fantastically screaming fast. (laughs) And uh, it's a lot of fun to play with. And what I like is that um, because of the new style of the Dev 11 bits, um, uh, it appears to me that Visual Studio opens much faster, even though it's still a beta. It's, it appears to be like faster than the um, 2010 bits. Oh, and it's a lot faster at starting up. You should notice as well, um, yeah. starting up a solution file, you know, even like big solutions, it's a lot faster actually getting started. And then, you know, so it, it actually sort of streams things, it loads things in kind of in the background as it's loading up. It doesn't wait for everything to load before it displays the UI. It, it just tries to get up as quick as it can. So cool. I'm glad you're seeing that. Because uh, that's that's one of the things I was, um, you know, there's lots of, uh, well, ha- how are you finding the UI? There's been lots of comments about that. <laughs> you know, there's people that don't like the UI. I personally <laughs> like the UI. I, I just like it. I, I, I don't care that there's no color there. To me, it, it's good. It looks good. It works good. It, it's I, It's intuitive to me. But I can see where other people would feel differently. I know a lot of MVPs kept screaming for more color. I think... Um, yeah, I think in the screenshots, it doesn't quite do it justice because, um, when you, when you're in coding, one of the, one of the main goals behind some of the UI redesign was around, um, allowing you to focus on your content, focus on your code and what's important to you. And so it definitely does that, you know, so, um, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, I, it's funny cause I actually, um, you know, I live in Eclipse, so I don't live in Visual Studio. <laughs> So that was like, well, it seems all right to me. And I, the thing I noticed was more was just how much faster it starts now. It's amazing how much quicker it comes up for a beta as well. The quality is pretty impressive. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I was pretty happy with it. You know, I don't know how I feel about the color. I think I, what bothers me more, I think, is the the all, the all caps on the tool windows. I think those kind of bug me more than anything else. You feel like it's shouting at you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's just, you know, my eyes aren't tuned to all caps like that. And it it just, every time I see it, it kind of draws me away. I I can understand the color is meant to help us focus on the places where there is color, i.e. in the code, um, and not from the other places. So we can tune out everything else but focus on the code you know so there's no distractions around us but every time i see those all caps on the tool windows and the toolbars or everything else it kind of distracts me so mm. so have you tried um having a play with you know playing with it with on um with some visual studio say 2010 solutions or some older solutions to see how that works yeah, I am. I've, I've got one that, as a matter of fact, I've just recently put it on a TFS preview, and I've got on my Win8 box, you know, uh, 2010, and just put the code up there on that box, and then went and got it on my uh, Win8 box. It's got BS11, and that round tripping is just beautiful. Great. Love that round tripping. You know, it just it just seems to work, and it's it's since there's the go live, I, I'm debating whether to just 
you know, make my main box VS11 and maybe even my work box VS11. You know, right. if, if I can do it and there's kind of like no impact. Nobody knows. And, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and we've got the multi-targeting still and everything yeah. else. It's just kind of like, hmm. Yeah, that's how it should be. It yeah. should be that we can, you know, what should be able to happen is you can upgrade your server. So, you know, your server goes up to TFS 11. And then all the clients can kind of stay the same. You need to, you need to install the forward compatibility patch to them to, 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 right. to allow them to connect. But, um, yeah, they can just all connect up to the latest version of the server. And then, then as you roll out newer versions of the clients, so you roll out Visual Studio 11 or Team Explorer Everywhere 11, then you just, you're able to get features of the server, you know, like local workspace support and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, well, that's how it's supposed to work. So I'm glad that <laughs> it was working for you at the minute anyway. So so you mentioned the forward compatibility patch. So yeah. is there something that people are going to have to use if they're going to deploy their Dev 11 TFS and still use 2010 Team Explorer? Um, yeah. So, without, yeah, if you go to um, – well, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, but if you go to the uh, Visual Studio 2010 um, – Forward compatibility GDR. Um, it it's linked to this. Um, it's linked to from various places. But yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes, and that allows you to um, uh, connect from your older versions of Visual Studio forwards onto TFS 11. So you know, and and, and have full access to TFS 11. Now it doesn't. It doesn't. It allows you to connect and allow you know make sure things don't break and things like that. But you don't get access to all the new shiny features. So. For example, um, local workspace support requires a lot of client-side logic, which isn't in Visual Studio 2010, you know? Um, right. Uh, there's a bunch of work that was done in terms of making auto-merge better and, and things like that. That's all done in the client. So you don't get all the full features of the server until you've upgraded to the, you know, until you've upgraded your client as well. But you definitely get, like, the vastly improved, you know, web access experience. Um, I mean, that's worth upgrading the server alone, you know, just for the fancy new fast web access that looks good. Um, not to mention, obviously, you know, all your agile planning tools and your, your backlog planning and your teams and just everything. So yeah, that's, that's the way it works. We'll put a link in the show notes. There's currently the patches out there for Visual Studio 2010, SP1. You need the SP1 installed first. Um, and that's the same patch you needed to install what to connect to the hosted preview, you know, so if you have that installed already. And you're already talking to tfspreview.com, then you don't need to install it. It's the same patch. Um, and then there's a, a patch coming out for Visual Studio 2008. Hopefully towards the end of this month, we'll see how that goes. They hit a couple of um, hit a couple of speed bumps trying to get that out of the door. So uh, I'm hoping to see that by the end of the month. We'll see. I was about to ask about 2008 because I, mm. I know some people that are still on it. Yeah, and um, hopefully as well, um, we'll be getting the, um, you know, we'll be getting a MISCI provider and things like that soon for your VB6 guys, Greg. <laughs> I was just going to ask that because I just had a question from a co- from a client saying I'm on VB6. What do I do? Yeah, uh, hold, hold, hold fire for you know for a while, and hopefully we'll. Um, uh, we know that the the power tools are very important for people to do a go live adoption. Um, you know, not just things like the MISCI provider, but also the build extensions for Java stuff and, um, you know, things like the, the process template editing tool. So, um, we know the, we know the power tools are very important. So hopefully we'll have something to share in a few weeks. We'll see. Are either you guys using win eight on a touch computer? Yes. 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 I have a X220T, um, Lenovo, um, which is a tablet 
and it's um it's keyboard pen and touch enabled wow. and i'm loving it wow. yeah, yeah got it. go ahead paul i was gonna say it's really nice it's it, it I, I like it i like the being able to, to move and touch and yeah it's cool so the setup i want i haven't tried this yet but this is a setup i think i want is i have a three monitor set up at the minute and i'm getting greedy now i want a fourth monitor but i want a small you know <laughs> the 1300 by whatever the the resolution that you know you need for to run the metro ui i i, I want a small touchscreen monitor that sits beneath my three monitors and is just there and like at an angle and have that be my touch monitor and that's uh, what I would make my primary monitors. When I hit, when I hit the start key, that's where the Metro interface shows up, you know, and I can, uh, and I can just touch the bits there and then, you know, but all my three desktops stay as desktop sort of thing. That's what, that's the setup I really, really would like to have with Windows 8, but I haven't found the right monitor yet. So if anyone knows of a, <laughs> a small, you know, touchscreen monitor, uh, USB, it can be whatever, then, then let us know at radiotfsgmail.com. Okay. So uh, what, some other news, um, some big news, uh, for me. This is, um, we're actually recording the show on a Friday today. Uh, we, we started trying to record the show yesterday, but then I bailed quickly. So <laughs> the reason was, um, if you go to Brian Harry's blog, uh, we'll put a little and tinyurl.com slash tee free as a quick hint. Uh, yeah, we, we've made um, Team Explorer Everywhere is now available as a, as a free download for people who have a, who are licensed to talk to TFS. You know, so if you've got a TFS cow, then you don't need to pay any extra for Team Explorer anywhere now. You can just download it and go and install it for free. How about that? That's awesome. Yeah. It, it's a good point to note, though, that you still need a cow. To connect, so it's not completely free in terms of your connection to TFS. Yeah, but if you're talking to Coplex or if you're talking to the TFSpreview.com, then it is actually free. Then it is free, yes. And then right. with uh, TFS 11, you know, we're doing this TFS Express SKU. Yeah. Uh, did we talk about that last week, last time? Yes. Yeah, we did. Okay. So, um, yeah, so with, with that as well, you get to connect uh, for free. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Five people, yeah. Now I got a question about the Express Queue because I kind of got mixed mixed signals. I, I one on one hand I heard somebody telling me it's only up to five users and you can't add any more. It's just like Workgroup edition of TFS was. And then I heard last week when I was talking to Brian Harry that um, the sixth user has to be paid for. So is there a limit that stops you like the Workgroup edition did, or can you continue to add more? Uh, I would believe Brian Harry in all things TFS. So yeah, Brian, Brian is correct as far as I'm, as far as I understand. Uh, so, so does that you, make it more difficult for a company to manage that? Like what the, which five are going to be free and then when do we start paying? And it seems kind of funny. Huh. It's more what they're trying to do is, um, make it so you know the problem with work group was that there was a bit of a cliff so it was free up to five and then if you wanted a sixth user you had to pay like for a server license and then had to pay for all six cows now all you need to do is just pay for the sixth cow you just have to pay a, a single cow so I um i think it should be fairly straightforward to manage but i'm not sure we'll see see how that goes that's interesting yeah um, maybe i'm just confused yeah yeah even so. in Brian's post, when he's talking about the free TEE and talking about the uh, Team Foundation Server Express uh, mm. being able to hook up with that free TEE, it says uh, even there it's up to five users, and additional users will need to purchase CALs. Okay, yeah. so, so that doesn't stop you. Yeah, yeah no, that's the way it looks. Okay. Okay. So yeah, but back to the the TEE free thing. There was um, yeah, it's been a you know I'm. That's a big thing for me. <laughs> I've, <you> know, <laughs> I've been uh, ever since. Like I started on this like 
however many years ago, when I originally started doing um, an open source project around, you know, putting TFS into Eclipse, I, you know, wanted it, I wanted it to be available uh, free of charge to the end users. And then, you know, got to a point where we realized that to do it, I needed to, to be a full-time job and, you know, we needed the resources of a company behind me and, um, you know, and, and Eric Sink came along with Corey and they decided they were going to invest a lot of, you know, resources into it. And that's exactly what we did. And we had this commercial offering and that was fantastic and really, really popular. And then went over to Microsoft and we, it was still a commercial offering, but, and it's still is now, you know, the investment's actually increasing in Team Explorer everywhere. So, which is good news. Um, but yeah, we're actually able to give it away for free now. So I feel good. I feel like, you know it's come full circle so uh yeah that was a, it was a big day for me yesterday really pleased that's um, awesome yeah so as well as as well as that which obviously we've been just been blown away by the by the numbers of um of people you know using um team explorer everywhere using team foundation server for java and for cross-platform development it's just amazing to see uh, how many people do um you know obviously expecting the numbers to increase even more so that's that's exciting brian also had a couple of other um announcements in his his blog post um called even better access to team foundation server the uh the first one was um you don't need a um team foundation server client access license to look at the reports anymore in reporting services you know off tfs you just need to Woo-hoo! make the report. <laughs> that's big news and then the other bit of news he had was um around uh the, the system center you know we have this devops experience we're pulling in mm-hmm. well with right. um the system center integration you don't need all of those users that are attached to system center now they don't need TFS cows you know you just need you just need tfs cows for people connecting to tfs that's kind of how they're trying to simplify it so hopefully that makes a bunch of sense anyone's got any queries i'm I have a degree in rocket science. Well, not rocket science. I have a degree in astrophysics. So um, I don't claim to be a TFS licensing expert. Not qualified for that. Uh, but if you head over to Brian's blog, uh, tinyurl.com slash free and take a look at what he says. But yeah, it's very exciting stuff. So uh, anything else? Greg, have you got anything you want to talk about? Yes. As a matter of fact, I do. One of the things that, you know, every time there's a new release, the very first question I get from, from my coworkers and everything else, they, you know, okay. That's shiny, that's new, but how can we take advantage of it? What's the pain and agony going to be in doing the upgrade? So, you know, I was thinking that maybe, you know, that would be one of the things that I'd like to talk about. I started looking into that. And of course, Brian Keller immediately releases a post because obviously he's like got some sort of hook into my brain, which is kind of scary. Um, if you go to tinyurl upgrade to tfs11, that's upgrade to tfs11 tiny url he's got a post with a couple videos talking about upgrading to uh, 11 and you know there's two parts there's the uh, server side which looks to be pretty easy uh, you know it's fairly click 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 upgrade you know, you know microsoft's gotten fairly good with that but the hardest part has always been the templates you know, you get all that server side stuff and you want to start taking use of like the feedback capability, which is another thing I want to talk about today. And I, I think that's actually kind of fairly awesome. But, um, you know, you want to you want to start using that. Well, how do you use it? You know, you've upgraded the server, but now you have to upgrade the templates. Well, the second video in this uh, that, that he highlighted talks about just that. And the videos, it's, it's really targeted 
to us, to developers, to the geeks, because I swear the first 17 minutes of it is all about the details about what the upgrade does. You know, it's okay, it's this XML here and this thing here and these here, and this is the, the new things that, you know, they talk about hiding work item types. You know, uh, how, how do you enable that? How does that work? And what are the details on it? And then at, you know, minute 17 or so, it actually goes into the, okay, here's how you upgrade it. You download this, you unzip this, you run um, this command line utility, and you're done. I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. Got to love that. So and Brian Kell is a machine as well at producing these videos. He was, he did the, um, you know, when, so I, I, I did a This Week in Channel 9 last week, and we were stood up in the studio. And literally, as soon as we finished recording This Week in Channel 9, Ed Holloway walked in to record, you know, to record this. So, that's <laughs> all, you know, Brian's great at getting these, this content out. And, and nobody knows, um, this whole thing better than Ed and emailed. Um, you know, they, they just, absolutely own this space they're the people who i ask questions about how to do this sort of stuff in tfs so uh they, they have the global experts they know even more about this than, than the legendary grant holiday if, if we're having the radio tfs drinking game every time we mention grant everyone has to have a drink but, uh, yeah <laughs> so um yeah those guys just know everything so it's uh, great videos i haven't actually watched them yet Rick. i think you, you're making me sound like i'm gonna i'm actually gonna go watch them because i know <laughs> i've got a couple of things on the process template we're using for team explorer everywhere that i want to get fixed so maybe I should uh, I'll watch this video and then go do that this weekend. There you go. Yeah, they're nice. They're, they're they're relatively short too. They're 25 minutes or less. Excellent. Cool. Excellent. Speaking of uh, Brian Keller being a machine, um, he's also released the um, Dev 11 Virtual Machine uh, VHD file for you to oh, be able to. That was a flawless transition. Paul. That was <laughs> you talk about awesomeness, man. I'm running <laughs> Windows 8 on my touchscreen with. Hyper-V enabled, running Dev 11 Hyper-V image from Brian Keller before wow. I even left the summit. Wow. So it was awesome. And it, it's great. It's, it's, if you want to get in and play with it and you don't have the hardware to install it or you don't want to upgrade or yet or you're, you know, you're leery, you, you want to demo this thing, there's a VHD out there. Brian Keller has it. I'm sure we'll throw it in the show notes, a link to it, but it rocks. He rocks. He does indeed. And, uh, yeah, so that, that Hyper-V in Windows 8 clients working out for you as well, is it? It's working out perfect. Great. This is great. I yeah, I'm gonna get this set up then. Brilliant. There we go. Cool. Anything else? I oh, had one no. just was we're oh. talking about announcements. There was um um Oggy and the guys over at uh, Team Companion. Uh they've just announced um that they've already like, you know, days after TFS eleven becoming available, they've got a version of Team Companion, you know, their Outlook integration. Right. Um, they've got a version of that up and running against the Team Foundation Server 11 beta, which is a pretty impressive. And B, if you haven't had a look at the Outlook integration, you really should. It's um, pretty awesome. You know, it, it just makes it so easy to integrate work item tracking into Outlook. It, it, it's like the interface was built like that. They, they do an absolutely amazing job. So uh, yeah, check out um, uh, over on uh, TeamCompanion.com and go have a look at it if you haven't seen you it already. That reminds me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, to vent. I wanted to whine okay. a little bit. Sounds good. You know, one of the things that has bugged me about Visual Studio and Team Foundation Server is that, you know, you can only be bound to one server at a time. Anytime, I, I don't know about you, but I've got, uh, four different TFS servers I connect to. Yeah. And, you know, at work, I've got three. At home, I've got three other ones. And, and constantly switching between them is just 
a pain. I, 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 I hate it. You know, it's, it's, they're so isolated, even in the visual studio environment. And it, this team companion thing reminded me because I use another outlook integration tool called team look mm-hmm. and, and they provide a, a higher level view and that you can connect it to multiple servers. And obviously one is the default, but from within their UI, you could post, you know, you could take an email and attach it to a work item or create a new work item from it on one of the other TFS servers and the projects within that. So, and, and that's, I love that. You know, I can hook up my Outlook and I can hook up as many TFS servers as, as we need to. And it, it just basically works with one being the default. But in Visual Studio, you know, you have to pick one. And that just, you know, and they've even got the tree view set up for, it. you know, there's the root node you know, and, and you got the, the sub nodes. Well, it would be nice if you could have multiple TFS servers connected to one being the default, you know, but not having to switch you know, all I want to do is look at the work items for these, and I want to use the Visual Studio user interface to do it. Uh, I got to switch it, and then it winds. You know, the project is open. It's going to be doing this. And sorry, I'm just. No, rambling. no, no. It's good feedback. Oh, no. It's good. It's, so, it's um, um, notice that in VS11, that tree view's gone away as well. It's not a tree view anymore anymore. It's, uh, it's a different thing. It's the Team Explorer page now. Um, and so you, it, it, it's even more flippy between connections than it was yeah. previously. So that's true. That's interesting. Uh, that's good feedback, actually. So uh, yeah, thank you. There we go. I'll uh, I'll take that back to the team. Inter- <laughs> Funnily enough, one of the reasons why it works like that is um, it's to do with uh, being able to get the context of which which server connection you're talking to within VS. And um, I know that when we're building the Eclipse plugin, uh, first time around, you know, with, with TeamPrize, <clears throat> we took uh, quite a few shortcuts because um, often the particular place you were at, it was really hard to, like, you know, get hold of the object that was the Team Foundation server connection um, from deep down where you happen to be. So we just stuck a singleton, you know, in the plugin and we're like, right, give me the default connection kind of thing, you know, uh, cheated. So, uh, I suspect the similar sorts of things have happened in Visual Studio because, uh, the project model is quite similar. So, um, yeah, okay. There you go. That's good. Fit. Some good feedback. Thank you. I've so also, I I'll, I'll stick a, just sorry, just quickly, I'll stick a link in uh, the show notes as well to Team Look. Well, as you mentioned it. Speaking of Team Look, have either one of you guys used Team Spec? No. Which is made by the same company that makes Team Look. Right. I haven't. I was, I've seen people. I've seen people request. Um, so that's word integration with Team Foundation. Correct. That's your word integration with TFS. I've seen items. people request it, and that's where I've always pointed people off to. But uh, I haven't actually used it myself in anger. So I'd, I'd be interested in feedback from any of our listeners that have used it. Radio TFS at gmail dot com. Have you, Paul? Actually, I'm I'm playing with it. I'm playing with all third party tools that integrate with Word for requirements gathering. Um, or oh. integrate with TFS for requirements gathering. So team spec is one of them. And there's a couple more out there. I forget the names off the top of my head, but I'm looking at them because of a client that I'm working with. They want to be able to stay in their word environment or whatever environment they're working in. Um, and they don't want to have, they don't want to be entering work items and they don't work in Excel. So it's really crazy. They don't want to go down that route. So they said, we want word. So give us word integration. So I've been looking at all the third-party ways they can interact with TFS, and Team Spec was one of the ones that I was looking at, and I just wanted to get people's feedback on that. So I'm going to play with it a little bit, and I'll may- maybe one of the future shows I'll give you a, 
update on what I find out about these. Yeah, we could always get the guys on to the show as well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That would be great. Have either of you guys, speaking about office integrations, have either of you guys had a chance to play with the um, the Agile um, storyboarding features in PowerPoint? No, I have not. Okay. How about you, Greg? Not yet? Or? No. But, and how do you two feel about it being in PowerPoint? Well, uh, you know, I'm biased. I actually like it, but I'm a PowerPoint fiend, you know? So um, the first thing I would always do um, when I was doing prototypes in the past would be to get them into a PowerPoint. Um, you know, I, often I would have used, say, Visio or something like that, or even Photoshop. And then the first thing you end up doing is try getting them into a PowerPoint so you can walk people through them. Uh, so I quite like it. The, 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 and it has all the features, you know, in terms of doing like equals lorem bracket brackets. If you want to, if you want to stick a bit of lorem ipsum text in there, you can just type equals lorem bracket bracket inside any text box and hit return and it'll just populate you out some sample text, which is quite neat. And, you know, all the shapes are quite neat. Uh, the, um, the only issue I find is to do with, um, with, with precision of drawing controls in PowerPoint, sometimes, you know, with Visio, you can get really precise about things. Uh, whereas with PowerPoint, you tend to, by default, you get, you know, locked onto a, um, a grid. Uh, that's, um, and sometimes that can be a bit frustrating, but in other ways, it stops me from getting too precise with my mock-ups and, and makes me get, you know, try a bit faster. So yeah, what about you? What, what feedback have you had on, on it being in PowerPoint? I, I just have a conceptual concern. I, it's just, uh, you know, PowerPoint never called out to me as being, you know, like a storyboarding kind of thing. But then again, you know, I, I'm, you know, a dev. I, I, I'm not. Well, I'm a programmer. I use, no. yeah, I'll, you know, I, I use PowerPoint when I'm absolutely have to. So, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you know, I, I just, I, in, and in hindsight, I, I think it actually kind of does make sense because, like, just like what you said, what do I do with these things? Well, you know, I put them in a dock, or you know, you, you have to show them off, and you put them in a PowerPoint. So maybe just leaving them, you know, putting it, leaving them there, kind of makes sense. You know, I, I I don't know, but I, I also kind of wonder at now. So now we have two storyboarding uh, or kind of things. We have Sketchflow. And now we have the storyboarding. You've also got like- the. You've also got. There's also some, you know, screen software prototyping stuff in Visio as well. Don't forget that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So which one do you use, or is it doesn't matter? You well, know, it doesn't. A, I guess it's your personal really preference. You, yeah. The 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 stuff that's uh, built into Blend is more useful for um, doing flows and transitions. You know, and when you're getting quite. Um, down low to the UI, whereas the PowerPoint is a lot, is a lot of, um, a lot sooner, you know. Uh, yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's really, really conceptual stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. It's when you're in, yeah. uh, so in like design school or whatever, you have these sort of two modes of mind, this problem mindedness and solution mindedness. And the, um, the PowerPoint prototyping is, when you're still in problem mindedness, you're just trying to define the the rough problem for the customer and is this kind of what you want? And then you can transition over into, you know, either the blend stuff or um, transition into the Visio for some more detailed, actual, real, precise drawing tools. You know, but the whole point of the, the PowerPoint one is 
is literally to just to get something down as absolutely quickly as possible and get people's feedback on it. And you'd be amazed. I even, I mean, this was back, you know, this was long before there was a PowerPoint storyboard. Until I remember doing a, a gig for, um, it was actually a, a health service, but, you know, a medical uh, care project in the UK, oh, you know, about a decade ago, probably. And um, we actually, uh, this was just, when the early sort of uh, tablets came in and slate PCs came in and we actually put our, the, the, you know, we actually knocked some stuff up into prototypes in PowerPoint and had them on these um, slates uh, and had like one per table um, in around this room and got lots of doctors and nurses came in and, you know, sat down at the tables and were able to play with the screen and just, you know just see what the kind of flows of the screens were and, and give some feedback for ba- basically we'd spent sort of two days prototyping it and they were able to give us all this great feedback on screen flows and of like how that how the application worked and things that we'd missed out and that was from so so soon and so cheaply and but there was no um, they completely understood that this was a prototype. You know, there was no, one of the problems I've had with some other prototyping mechanisms is in the past is like, well, it's done, isn't it? You know, <laughs> what else do we need to yeah, ship it kind of thing? Like, whoa, no, is it just screenshots? So, um, whereas in PowerPoint, they were quite, they were well aware. Okay. Yeah. This is just some slides, but you know, it, it gave them enough information to be able to visualize and be able to give you some feedback as it, if it's a good flow or not. So we're jumping around a bit, but I wanted to give a quick plug for um, the guys over at Black Marble as it's um, in a couple of weeks' time, so March 19th, I think it is. Richard Fennell, who was, uh, who's an MVP, he, he spent the week with him last week, Paul. He's yep. um, doing a, a free webinar. If you've, if you've been wanting to know more about using Team Foundation Server from Java and, you know, using my baby, Team Explorer Everywhere, then um, Richard's doing a free webinar in the morning. So it's suitable for European people only, really, not for you, not for you Americans. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes to register. Um, but hopefully that'll be quite well attended now. Uh, now everything's free there as well. So anything else, Paul, you want to call out before we wrap up? Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to call out one more. There is a video about the install and upgrade of the TFS build service for Dev 11, the beta, on a separate build server. So um, a gentleman by the name of Mohammed Radwan, um, appears to have created a video, and um, we can put it in the show notes, um, the install and upgrade TFS build service 11 beta on a separate build server. So look for those in the show notes, and I'm sure that that will be beneficial to people out there wanting to know about the build part. Fantastic. Yeah, the the, uh, the good thing is that you need to, you know, you obviously need to install your um, the build server on-premise, but you can use it to talk to the Team Foundation server um, 11 build server. You can talk, it can talk to both an on-premise on premises, sorry, uh, um, TFS instance, but it can it can also talk to TFS preview if you if you if you have source code up there and you wanted to do builds for it. Nice. How about you, Greg? Any any uh, one last story to close us out? Yeah, I had mentioned the TFS feedback, so there was. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of TFS preview, because that's been enabled on it for a little while now. So, do you want to yeah. explain what the feedback thing is? Certainly, it's a tiny URL TFS feedback, and this is from uh, Northwest Cadence, you know, one of our uh, uh, friends of the blogs, our friends of the podcast. And I always, every time I would see the feedback, I would think, "Oh, TFS feedback. Oh, they, the TFS team wants feedback." Oh, yeah. You know, it's like uh, it wasn't clicking until I uh. read through this and started looking at it a little bit more. It's like, no, 
what this new feature is in TFS 11 is it lets us, the development team, or other people with the TFS server instance, request feedback from our users, from our stakeholders, from our people. And it makes that as a real world, as, as a work item that's tied to the project. So there's no longer this separate email tr- uh, thread and chain that you're trying to manage. There's none of these, you know, Excel worksheets or, or custom databases or anything else. It's baked right into TFS for us. And, you know, there is a, a link right on the t- the team web access page. Um, you basically click on request feedback. And this is you requesting feedback from your stakeholders. And it brings up a wizard with a form and you can select who do you want to do the feedback? Um, it even gives them a, a, a link to how do they access the application. Is, is, is this a web application? And you can put the URL there. Is it a remote machine? Is it a client app? Um, and then you basically tell the stakeholders how to focus their feedback. What is it specifically that you're interested in? Hey, you know, take a look at this new website. We've just implemented the updated login feature. You know, so you, you select your stakeholder, you give them the URL to this, and, and you tell them, hey, can you look at the new login? How do you like the new buttons? And then you send it to them, and they get a form where they start the feedback session, and then they can provide you feedback right there. So, again, it's part of the work item. Well, and if, um, they, if you've tried the install mechanism to install the feedback tool, it's pretty impressive. We've done a lot of work on the, I mean, even the Team Foundation server installation now to get started, it's a one meg <laughs> download. And then it, you know, it, then it streams down the things it needs to be able to do the installation. The feedback tool is similar. It's a very lightweight web download that you can click on and get started and get it installed very, very quickly. Um, and be able to provide rich feedback. So yeah, great. Hey, one one thing I wanted to mention as well, uh, Greg, if you do want to report a bug when you're using the Visual Studio 11 preview, then if mm-hmm. you get all test manager or whatever, if you go up to help uh, inside VS 11 and then go to uh, in the help menu, you see an option there called report a bug. Um, if you click on that, it'll help you uh, report right a bug. And give you some feedback, and that comes directly into our it's a system we call Connect. So you know the, Connect, the Microsoft Connect system, um, and it comes in. It initially gets marked as private, so it's not you know it's not public the stuff you're sending in initially. Um, and you can you can you can change it to public if you want to on the website. And yeah, those those bugs you report go through Connect and then go straight actually into our um, Team Foundation server. Um, system internally uh, so and they so they appear in our visual studios <laughs> as books and um people shout at you if you don't respond to your uh, your connect feedback promptly so um yeah it's a great way of reporting issues and things if you're using the beta uh, and want to give us some feedback fantastic okay well i think that's we're coming up to with uh kind of a half hour mark there so that's a, uh, that's a show guys so um, if you've got any other um, questions or comments, then please do drop us a line. We've had some we've had some great feedback recently, so uh, we'll we'll get to some of that uh, the listener the listener feedback soon. So if you want to send in some emails, if you've got any questions, and email um, radiotfs at gmail.com. Any feedback on the beta or any, anything in general, or you can actually if you're in your car right now listening to the show, then you can give us a call on four two five two three three. 
8379 and uh, just give us a comment if something's if something's burning that, you, that we've just said that's really annoying you then just let us know um, and uh, yeah we're going to start drilling down into some of the different features in uh, TFS 11 and Visual Studio 11 as we go on uh, over the next few uh, weeks and months so if you've got anything in particular you want us to dive into soon then and do let us know. Okay, well, thanks for your time, guys, and thanks everybody for listening to Radio TFS. <laughs> <laughs>